Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. As I'm getting ready to head into the holidays, I thought I'd deliver you something a bit different for your podcast player. A story. I don't want to give anything away, so get snuggled in and prepare yourself for... The Dog and the Dragon by Brandon Sanderson. The Dog and the Dragon by Brandon Sanderson. Read by Amanda Wedvick Kerb. There is an inn that you cannot find on your own. You must stumble across it on a misty street, late at night, lost and uncertain in a strange city. The door has a wheel on it, but the sign bears no name. If you find the place and wander inside, you'll meet a young man behind the bar. He has no name. He cannot tell it to you should he want to. It's been taken from him. But he'll know you as he knows everyone who enters the inn. He'll listen to everything you want to tell him, and you will want to talk to him. And if you ask him for a story, he'll share one, like he shared with me. I will now share it with you. This story is a meaningless one. You must not search for a moral. It isn't that kind of story, you see. It's the other kind of story. This story is called The Dog and the Dragon. The dragon was a brilliant pearlescent color with silver running along the contours of its body. One day, the dog saw this dragon flying overhead. The dog marveled, as one might expect. He had never seen anything so majestic or grand. The dragon soared in the sky, shimmering with iridescent colors in the sunlight. When it curved around and passed above the dog, it called out a mighty challenge, demanding in the human tongue that all acknowledge its beauty. The dog watched this from atop a hill. Now, he wasn't particularly large, even for a dog. He was white, with brown spots and floppy ears. Not of any specific breed or lineage, and small enough that the other dogs often mocked him. He was a common variety of a common species of a common animal that most people would rightfully ignore. But when this dog stared at the dragon and heard the mighty boast, he came to a realization. Today, he had encountered something he'd always wished for, but never known. Today, he'd seen perfection, and it had been presented with a goal. From today, nothing else mattered. He was going to become a dragon. The dog sat upon that hilltop through an entire night and day, staring, thinking, dreaming. Finally, he returned to the farm where he had lived among others of his kind. These farm dogs all had jobs, chasing livestock or guarding the perimeter, but he, as the smallest, was seldom given any duty. Perhaps to another this would be liberating. To him, it had always been humiliating. As any problem to overcome is merely a set of smaller problems to overcome in a sequence, 
he divided his goal of becoming a dragon into three steps. First, he would find a way to have colorful scales like the dragon. Second, he would learn to speak the language of men like the dragon. Third, he would learn to fly like the dragon. The dog chose the scales first, as it seemed the easiest, and he wanted to begin his transformation with an early victory. He knew the farmer owned many seeds in a variety of colors, and they were the shape of little scales. Because he was not a thief, the dog did not take these, but he asked the other animals where the farmer obtained new ones. It turns out the farmer could make seeds by planting them in the ground, waiting for plants to grow, then taking more seeds from the stalks. Knowing this, the dog borrowed some seeds and did the same, accompanying the farmer's eldest son on his daily work. As the youth worked, the dog moved alongside him, digging holes for seeds with his paws and planting them carefully with his mouth. It was an amusing scene, watching the dog work. The farmer's eldest son found the dog's actions quite amusing. Then incredible, as the dog went out each day, gripping a watering can in his teeth. The little dog watered each seed just as the farmer did. He learned to weed and fertilize. And eventually, the dog was rewarded with his own small crop of colorful seeds. After replacing what he'd borrowed from the farmer, the dog got himself wet and rolled in the seeds, sticking them all over his body. He then presented himself to the other dogs. Do you admire my wonderful new scales? He asked his fellow animals. Do I not look like a dragon? They, in turn, laughed at him. Those are not scales, they said. You look stupid and silly. Go back to being a dog. The dog slunk away, feeling foolish and hurt. He had failed at his first task to have scales like a dragon. The dog, however, was not daunted. Surely, if he could speak with the grand voice of a dragon, they would all see. And so, the dog spent his free time watching the children of the farmer. There were three. The eldest son, who helped in the fields. The middle daughter, who helped with the animals. And the toddler, who was too young to help, but was learning to speak. They were all working in the yard. The farmer's wife, who was taller than the farmer. A youth, lanky and assiduous. A daughter, who would someday share her mother's height. A baby, who toddled around the yard, tended by them all as they did their chores. Anyway, the dog figured that the best way to learn the language of men was to study their youngest child. So the dog played with the baby, stayed with him, and listened as he began to form words. The dog played with the daughter, too, helped her with yard work. He soon found that he could understand her if he tried hard. But he couldn't form words. He tried so hard to speak as they did, but his mouth could not make that kind of speech. His tongue did not work like a human tongue. Eventually, while watching the tall and serious daughter, he noticed she could make the words of humans on paper. The dog was overjoyed by this. It was a way to speak without having a human tongue. The dog joined her at the table where she studied, 
inspecting the letters as she made them. He failed many times, but eventually learned to scratch the letters in the dirt himself. The farmer and his family thought this was an amazing trick. The dog was sure he had found a way to prove he was becoming a dragon. He returned to the other dogs in the field and showed them his writing ability by writing their names in the dirt. They, however, could not read the words. When the dog explained what writing was, they laughed. This is not the loud and majestic voice of a dragon, the dog said. This is speaking so quietly, nobody can hear it. You look silly and stupid. Go back to being a dog. They left the dog to stare at his writing as rain began to fall, washing the words away. He realized they were correct. He had failed to speak with the proud and powerful voice of the dragon. But there was still hope. If the dog could just fly. If he could achieve this feat, the dogs would have to acknowledge his transformation. This task seemed even harder than the previous two. However, the dog had seen a curious device in the barn. The farmer would tie bales of hay with a rope, then raise or lower them using a pulley in the rafters. This was essentially flying, was it not? The bales of hay soared in the air. And so, the dog practiced pulling on the rope himself and learned the mechanics of the device. He found that the pulley could be balanced with a weight on the other side, which made the bales of hay lower slowly and safely. The dog took his leash and tied it around him to make a harness, like the ones that wrapped up the hay. Then, he tied a sack slightly lighter than he was to the rope, creating a weight to balance him. After using his mouth to tie the rope to his harness, he climbed to the top of the barn's loft and called for the other dogs to come in. When they arrived, he leaped gracefully off the loft. It worked! The dog lowered down slowly, striking a magnificent pose in the air. He was flying. He soared like the dragon had. He felt the air around him and knew the sensation of being up high with everything below him. When he landed, he felt so proud and so free. Then the other dogs laughed the loudest they had ever laughed. That is not flying like a dragon, they said. You felt slowly. You look so stupid and silly. Go back to being a dog. This, at long last, crushed the dog's hopes. He realized the truth. A dog like him simply could not become a dragon. He was too small, too quiet, too silly. What was that? The dog looked up, confused. He heard noises. Sudden shouting? Yells of panic? The dog raced out of the barn to find the farmer and his family huddled around the small farmyard well, which was barely wide enough for the bucket. The dog put his paws up on the edge of the well and looked down. Far below, in the deep darkness of the hole, he heard crying and splashing. A pitiful, gurgling cry was barely audible over the splashing. The littlest child of the farmer and his wife had fallen into the well and was drowning. The family screamed and wept. There was nothing to be done. Or was there? In a flash. The dog knew what to do. He bit the bucket off the well's rope 
then had the eldest son tie the rope to his harness. He wrote, lower me in the dirt, then hopped up onto the rim of the well. Finally, he threw himself into the well as the farmer grabbed the crank. Lower down on this rope, the dog flew into the darkness. He found the baby all the way underwater, but shoved his snout in and took hold of the baby's clothing with his teeth. A short time later, when the family pulled him back up, the dog appeared, holding the littlest child, wet, crying, but very much alive. That night, the family set a place for the little dog at their table and gave him a sweater to keep him warm, his name written across the front with letters he could read. They served a feast with food the dog had helped grow. They gave him some of the cake, celebrating the birthday of the child whose life he had saved. That night, it rained on the other dogs, who slept outside in the cold barn, which leaked. But the little dog snuggled into a warm bed beside the fire, hugged by the farmer's children, his belly full. And as he did, the dog sadly thought to himself, I could not become a dragon. I am an utter and complete failure. The End Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut the music. You are telling it wrong. That can't be the end. Remember, there is no moral to this story. I forgot to make you promise not to look for a moral. But that dog was amazing. He absolutely was not a failure. He does seem a bit defeatist, doesn't he? He put all of those pressures on himself, though, to be like a dragon. It doesn't matter that he never became a dragon. Everything he learned and did was just incredible. You know, you are a hero, too, for all the things that you do in your life. Even if they might seem mundane, they make an impact on all the people around you. Perhaps. I'm always right. Now, for the real ending. That night, the little dog snuggled into a warm bed beside the fire, hugged by the farmer's children, his belly full. And as he did, the dog thought to himself, I doubt any dragon ever had it so good, anyway. The End Thanks for sticking with us all the way to the end. I'd first like to thank my wife Amanda for reading today's rendition of The Dog and the Dragon by Brandon Sanderson. If you enjoyed this story and you also enjoy epic fantasy, I'd encourage you to go check out more of Sanderson's work. This particular story was pulled from Rhythm of War, the fourth book in the Stormlight Archive series. I will warn you, though, that these novels are quite long. Rhythm of War came in just over 1,200 pages. And don't worry, this story on its own doesn't contain any spoilers, so you should be able to go into the series fresh. And I do really recommend it. It's a fantastic series that I've really enjoyed reading and has some great messages on mental health. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I loved this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. 
or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. For those of you late-diagnosed women, moms, and professionals, you can also check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now, for your moment of dad. How much did Santa's sleigh cost? Nothing. It was on the house. <laughs>